Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. From Autosport.com and Autosport Magazine, I'm Megan White, and this is the Autosport Podcast. Wednesday marks the release of Braun, the impossible Formula One story, telling the tale of Braun GP's incredible triumph in the 2009 Formula One World Championship. Born from the ashes of the Honda Works team, bosses Ross Braun and Nick Fry bought the remains of the team from the Japanese manufacturer for just one pound before embarking on an incredible journey. Harnessing the discovery of a Rawls loophole in the double diffuser and powered by a Mercedes engine, Jensen Button and Rubens Barrichello went on to win eight of the season's 17 rounds to secure the Constructors' Championship, while Button took the driver's title. The four-part documentary, made by Disney Plus and hosted by Hollywood star Keanu Reeves, retells the story from a whole host of perspectives. Think Red Bull boss Christian Horner, F1 supremo Bernie Eccleston, team members and drivers alike, including some recognisable faces. We got a chance to sit down with Ross and Jensen ahead of its release to discuss their initial reaction to making the series, the events of that iconic season, and the emotions brought flooding back by reliving it. Here's what Ross and Jensen said when they spoke to Autosport on Monday. We hope you enjoy our chat. Thank you both for joining me. Um, first of all, what was your initial reaction to the idea of doing a documentary? Like, especially with Keanu, like, what was your first reaction? Well, I'd met Keanu a few times. And what was exciting for me uh, you know, was, uh, A, doing the documentary, but a, B, doing it with him because he's a genuine enthusiast. And, uh, and you could see how the two could come together. I mean, this is a story which I think will appeal to a much wider audience than just uh, motorsport enthusiasts. And Keanu gives that ability for it to uh, cast its net far and wide. Um, but he um, he really added to it. I mean, he, he was the glue that sort of pulled it all together, the documentary, because he you know, he was able to get everyone they wanted to engage. Uh, and he really did research and... Uh, and did background work himself to uh, re- delve right into what was going on and understand the nuances of everything that was going on. I think it was fantastic he did he did this. I think this is a project that he and Simon have been knocking around for a couple of years. So um, uh, it was great that it came from that direction. Uh, well, first of all, yes. I mean, when when Keanu Reeves asks you a question, you answer you answer him. Um, so no, I, I was surprised what it got out of, especially Bernie and Mont- Montezemolo. I just thought was amazing in it. I loved it. He still it still hurts him, and that's what I love to watch. I had the biggest laugh. Sorry to to Luca, but it always made me smile every time he was on camera <laughs> because it it's it's deep that pain when somebody beats you in a championship, um, especially a team like ours, which was the one pound team. So no, I think having Keanu involved um, was very special. And, you know, Ross and myself, we will remember it very fondly that season. And a lot of Formula One fans will, but there's a big fan base out there that don't know the story. You know, they've seen Red Bull, they've seen Mercedes win world championships, these big powerhouses fighting against each other. 
And not in their wildest dreams would they imagine that a team like Braun could fight for a world championship. So yes, it's an exciting story, as we all know. The story is the story, but I feel that Keanu, Simon, and the whole team did such a fabulous job of, of bringing it all together. Um, and uh, it, it's exactly as I remember the season, and that's nice to know. I think he also gave um, a lot of respect to everyone that he interviewed and everyone that was involved as well, gave them their, their time of day. What did you think when you first saw it for the first time? I think the, the sort of euphoria and in, euphoria and enjoyment and pleasure of, of the success we had has always been there. But the documentary reminded me of the depths of despair that we had at times. And that was the thing that I didn't think I would feel again. But I, that really came home. You know, first of all, the, the um, withdrawal of Honda, when we were so excited about you know, where the team was going. Um, then the survival. And then the thing that really um, was stressful was the protests and the court cases and all. Because any one of those that had gone against us would have destroyed the team. Uh, so, yeah, surviving that far, then having our opposition, who had suddenly turned on us, they'd, they'd spent several months supporting us, and then suddenly they turned on us. And I can understand why. I probably would have done the same myself. But uh, suddenly turning on us and we were the bitter enemy and they were using every means possible to destroy us. Um, because <clears throat> I think some of them thought it was rather disrespectful of us to beat them after all the help they'd given us. Um, so those feelings of despair and you know, the, the anxiety and... and uh, uh, yeah, how scared we were in those periods as to how it would all work out uh, with the protests flying in and then the court cases and then the appeals. and uh, That was the thing that came home to me again watching the documentary, which I'd, I'd sort of parceled off and put away. Uh, and, and it all came out again. Yes, I mean, it brings back so many emotions, you know, having, on a personal level, having such highs at the start of the year and, and then the low... Um, I didn't enjoy episode three, I must admit, very much. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't enjoy episode three of 2009. So it is uh, it is as it, as it should be, the documentary. Um, but the thing for me that was kind of surprising in the documentary and in 2009, I, I just, as a driver, you're so focused on what you're doing uh, that the outside world, you don't really notice. And photo... I didn't really think about FOTA in 2009. I didn't realize how serious it got. Uh, but also, I also didn't realize how serious it got for us uh, in terms of legally with the other teams, with the protests. I knew about it, but, you know, Ross was right in it all. So I'm sure it was a much more stressful season for Ross off track than it, it definitely was for Rubens or myself. Well, this is something that I was hoping to ask you was that you, you know, living, going back through that documentary, was there anything that you learned from the documentary that you didn't know about at the time? Like, was there stuff that had been not hidden from you, but that you'd been kind of shielded from? The thing that came home to me, uh, and I don't think Jensen and I ever really discussed this, but the the despair, if I may say, that he felt in that, you know, two thirds of the way through the season. Um and how much pressure he he brought on himself, because you know Jensen is 
uh, is a world champion, became a world champion. And, uh, you know, that that introspection that he had, uh, how much his dad helped and all that side of things, which I think the documentary is incredibly successful in bringing out Jensen's feelings and emotions at that time, which I was aware of and I could see, but, you know, you're a bit powerless to help. You try and do your best. And I, I think Jensen's honesty in that in the documentary about how he felt during that second part of the season uh, is a real, really uh, important and, and key part of the documentary because I think it brings a human side over in a different different perspective, not just the survival and all the things people did to help it survive, but then uh, the pressure of competition and the fact that everyone assumed Jensen was just, you know, it was a cakewalk to the championship and it was far from that. Uh, and that, to me, was a really uh, engaging part of the of the documentary, Jensen's honesty about that, that period. Because I could see it. I didn't know what to do about it. It also wasn't your job to do something about it, Russ. <laughs> uh, but I think when you're, you know, I'm 43 now and you, you look back and, you know, I remember every day of that year, good and bad, but now I'm in a position where I'm comfortable within myself. So I, I'm fine to talk about my weaknesses. And that's a big issue for sportsmen. That's a big issue for racing drivers. We we don't want to show our weaknesses. We think everything we show, uh, other drivers will use against us. And they will. But if you show it in the right way, you become so much stronger. You know, for me, I, I just kept it all in and and tried to fight alone, really. And that was the worst thing to do. And in the end, I realized, but it need, I needed my dad to sort of shake me and, uh, and, and tell me and remind me of what I had achieved in, in this sport. And you don't suddenly lose it overnight. Uh, but we see it in Formula One time and time again. So many talented drivers are not, they're not showing us their, their ability because they don't feel comfortable in their environment or they've put too much pressure on themselves. And you see it when drivers drive it for Red Bull, for example, like Alex Albon gets destroyed by Max Verstappen. And Max Verstappen is amazing, but is he that much better than Alex Albon? No, he's not. But it's having your head in the right space. Uh, and I think it's nice to hear these days that drivers are talking about it more. You know, like Lando Norris has come out and said that he's had mental health issues. And it's not a weakness. I think the weakness is not talking about it. And uh, talking about it definitely gives you strength. But I didn't realize that back in 2009. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and Ross, I was hoping to ask you about Mercedes um, and their engine supply. How much convincing did they take to, to, you know, work with you guys on that project? And how kind of crucial do you think that was? Well, it was absolutely crucial. We had we had the option of Ferrari and, and or Mercedes. Um, and in some ways, it was an easy choice because the Mercedes engine was a far better fit into the chassis we already had. But I think also... I didn't say this, but Andrew Shovlin said it in the documentary, I think. We knew we would never win the championship with a Ferrari engine when Ferrari were competing. Uh, and having spent 10 years there, I'm not going to deny that. Uh, <laughs> so I think Mercedes was a great choice. I think Mercedes were amazing to, or, or McLaren were amazing to help us uh, uh, acquire that engine because... They had an exclusive they, on that engine. 
Um, but it was a very stressful period in Formula One with you know, major manufacturers pulling out. And I think Martin Whitmarsh uh, and Ron Dennis, you know, they, they deserve all the credit for enabling us to achieve what we did because if they hadn't made that engine available, then um, we wouldn't, wouldn't be where we were. So, um, and it was a fabulous engine and uh, you know, it was one of the key elements of our success. So that was absolutely crucial. And, and as I say, we remain thankful to Martin and Ron for, for giving us that engine. To what extent do you think that Braun's championship defined modern F1? Ross. <laughs> for me, it showed that the Rat Pack can still come together when there's a crisis. Uh, and we saw that then. We saw it with COVID, that actually Formula One, where the teams are tearing each other apart every day of the week, actually can ultimately recognise that there is a greater need when you know we have a crisis. And we're all part of the same family at the end of the day. So that was the thing that really came home to me, that... and. You know, I've always felt that you should do everything you can on the track to beat the opposition, but you should be prepared to have a glass of wine with them afterwards. And that, in a way, came home in that period. Um, it changed, obviously, during the year once we started to become successful. But it did, it did come home to me again when we had the COVID crisis that you know, the big teams who had a lot to lose because we cut down on the numbers that could travel, etc., etc., they all cooperated and joined in and, and realised that you know, we had to survive. And it was that was another period. So I think Formula 1, for me, that was a lesson that, that came out of that, that period. I think that was perfectly said. Thank you to Ross and Jensen for joining us. And don't miss Braun, the impossible Formula 1 story on Disney Plus from Wednesday. Thank you for listening. Podcast Network.